0: I can't do what they, 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 they all yeah. the the pilots are very often reporting sighting objects in the air that
1: seems to define Talking's Razor, episode 25. Uh, my name is Jim Birchall. We're coming to you from a makeshift studio. As like a lot of people in the world at the moment, we're under corona quarantine down here in New Zealand. Uh, on the phone, I have Roger Stankovic. Can you hear me, Roger?
0: Hi, Jim. Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me?
1: I've got you there, mate. No worries. So We have been having a few technical difficulties, actually. I'm not sure the... To situations like in australia but um we're, we've been uh bandwidth has really been bursting at the seams down here and i've been struggling all day actually it doesn't help being in a house full of people that are streaming uh, tv shows and netflix and no. so forth but no. i've sent them all to bed now so we're good as gold wow. ready to go okay uh, yeah no worries roger just um, a little bit on your background for those who haven't um you've been on the show before um You, uh, the Australasian um, director, I think it is. Is director? You're the director. You're the president of MUFON. uh, uh, uh,
0: I'm just the um, the Australian New Zealand, so Australian New Zealand um, uh, national director. So we we for MUFON. So I've been doing that for the last uh, five years, I think. And um, yeah, so as a professionally, I I'm a neuroscientist. i did a phd at the university of sydney but um i decided to change my career and i'm teaching now at um at at the the ultimate tafe um i'm teaching pathology statistics and a few other subjects there so
1: you're a learned fellow it's fair to say that
0: um sort of but you know i still like feel that sometimes you can never you know like you can never know as much as what you know like I always feel like I, I could learn more, put it that way. <laughs> and, Absolutely. Um,
1: you've got a yeah. curious um, case for us this evening. We, we're going to be a bit, little bit careful. Uh, with with to say, from what I understand, um, yeah. it's a very, very unusual case. You've opened the uh, MUFON case files and you've found a case from New Zealand. Um, yeah. A fellow. Just, I'll just do a little bit of a brief on it, and then you can um, tell us what you know, yeah, basically, sure. which, is, which is more than me. Um, a fellow that we're going to call RH. How does that sound? RH. Yeah, that uh, cool. Young man who was 22 years old who was uh, killed uh, driving in his car down in the South Island, New Zealand um, in late 2013. Um, now, he was driving with his girlfriend, I understand, at the time, and he was killed by a high speed object which basically smashed through his windscreen and then, unfortunately, for RH, smashed into him. And I'm not sure if it decapitated him, but it certainly caused fatal injuries. Um before, from what I understand, the um object passed out again through the back window of the car or or disappeared out some some window of the back. Yeah. Uh, and that object was never found again. There had been a white Ute that was linked to this whole thing. Uh police did pretty extensive inquiries from what I understand. And no one seems to know what happened on this day. And it's really strange. And I'm very interested to hear your angle because, given your background associated with MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, so the floor is yours.
0: Yeah. Um, so um, you've pretty well encapsulated everything that had happened, but um, probably some of your listeners might think that, um, you know, like also a you know, big deal. You know, if something went through a windscreen, um, how you know how how can you say it's a UFO, an identified flying object? Um, I, I sort of like started looking at this um, case when um, I got an email from the Mufon headquarters of America because there was a New Zealand Zealand lawyer that had, um, I won't mention his name either, but I'll just say DH, um, basically had um, sent an email to Mufon headquarters and then uh, they said, oh, well, Roger Stankovic is the you know, national director for New Zealand as well. So I sent, uh, they sent me the email and said, yeah. um, can you correspond with him? And so when I got the email, I read it, and I, he was just basically describing what you said. And I still, like, didn't think too much of it. I still, like, felt, well, you know, why is
1: he assuming it's a UFO, you know? and um but just sorry roger just to clarify yeah. this was a lawyer was he involved with the crown or was it someone who just had this information passed or was taking an interest oh in the case he himself? he he sort of like um
0: found i don't know how he initially um stumbled across whether he actually heard the news when it happened or whether he he'd read about it um in the yep. newspapers um but he was he he was curious because um, he remembered back in 1978 that he had uh, the, the, uh, is, it the is that the Kaikoura? is that am I pronouncing it correctly the there's, the Kikura UFO incident. Kai yeah. UFO incident, yeah, in 1978. Um, I don't know how old he was, but he's he's um uh, he would have been a boy, I should imagine. But he uh, remembered that, and he remembered that um, uh, basically, uh, you know, like there's a lot of UFO activity in the Canterbury region of south in uh, South Island in New Zealand. And From what it, I understand, yeah, they, they yeah.
1: put a lot of lights in the sky down there.
0: That's right. And he sort of like um he he sort of like put two and two together and said, um, it this could be a possible UFO event because of the circumstances, because he kept reading and he couldn't quite work out how this object, if it was a normal object, could have penetrated the windscreen and done what it did. Um and so when he explained this to me, I said, I thought, yeah, I mean, the physics is not quite right here, you know? Um, so that's, that's how I initially got the information from him.
1: Yeah. What did you, did, at that point, did he tell you what the working hypothesis was from, from the police or uh, traffic investigators or anything like that?
0: Well, so we had to, um, uh, we had to work out what the coroner had said. Um and uh like um we we, we managed to find some information about the coroner and what they what they you know, were saying in the media and they were saying that um there was a, a vehicle, another vehicle involved that was actually um travelling in the opposite direction at the time. And they they were saying uh well from the description, they don't know they never managed to find the driver of the vehicle, uh, but they were saying it was a white utility. Uh, because the this is what um, his girlfriend was saying. So the so basically the the couple were in the front, obviously, and um, she observed a vehicle coming towards them, and it was um, from her description. I sort of like narrowed it down to probably an Isuzu um, D Max, two thousand thirteen yep. model, basically because of um, the, just the, the way she described it. And when it uh, so what the coroner is saying. Is that something had come off this vehicle um, as it approached them? uh, Whether it it came out of the the back of the vehicle and then bounced off the road and must have hit the windscreen and got and you know punched a hole through it and hit him and um, and then uh, but they don't they don't explain how it could have um, hit hit the windscreen with that much force to have caused the damage that it did to the windscreen and but, then... Particularly,
1: as you say, particularly if it bounced off the road first. Yeah, you? but
0: the thing is that they found no evidence it bounced off the road. So they checked every area okay. of the road from um, the place where uh, there was a cut-off road called the... Oh, I can't remember the name of the cut-off road, but I think um, uh, this is where they started to... This is where the police started to look. So they were travelling on um, uh, like Ha'iwa hey, well, Albert Town Road and... Ha'wia, oh. uh, I think it's pronounced. Ha'wia, sorry, Albert Town Road. And then <laughs> um, basically there's a cut-off road where they started looking at whether, you know, where, uh, looking at whether the object had, had um, was still there. So they looked in the, on the sides of the road to see whether the object was and uh, about 600 metres up to where the car had had, um, had stopped and turned around, it actually turned around, the, the vehicle had turned around to the opposite direction of the road uh, to where it was going. And so so basically um, they couldn't find anything on the road that indicated that something had come off the vehicle and then bounced onto the road. But you, you physically you couldn't really have something coming off the vehicle that didn't bounce on the road because how could something fly off something I just can't imagine how an object that was in the back of a utility in in the opposite direction coming out of the back of the utility and then flying into the windscreen, it just doesn't make sense unless, you know, the the driver hit a massive hump on
1: the road, which uh, there was no, there were no, it was a perfectly flat road. Yeah. um, Especially with that force as well. I mean, things do fly off trucks. They uh, do, they do. The report, yeah, I mean, the report mentions... I'm just going to call her the girlfriend because uh, I, don't, I don't actually know who she is and, and we're not going to name her anyway. No. Um, she seems to have changed her statement a little bit over the years in terms of um, the vehicle, the speed of the vehicle and that sort of stuff. But that could be sort of, you know, she's been fed things by the police to make, you know, a square yeah. peg fit into a Yeah, you know, um, the, the thing so is that speak. she said that basically, yeah, the,
0: the, the, the vehicle was swerving. Um, yep. on the road, like it was a, like it was if it was a drunken driver now, if he was doing that he couldn't have been travelling at a great speed because he yeah. would have the career into the side of the, like carried into the vehicle or yep. or they would have the 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 driver would have um slid off the road it was raining it was it was uh not not night but it was early in the morning, and it was sort of like uh the visibility was pretty low. But um, yep. you know, like he he would have had some sort of accident, I reckon. Um, so he wouldn't was have been travelling at a great speed, I don't think. Um, was she um was she injured at all? No, from what I from what I read, uh, she wasn't injured at all. Um, and uh, okay. but the thing is that the object had actually penetrated the windscreen to the extent that it left an eight centimeter hole, and then it actually hit um. Uh, the 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 driver on I think on the right hand side I'm not quite sure I don't remember um, of, of his face and left um, yeah. an in, uh, an imprint on his face as if it was like a cannonball injury so this is what the coroner is saying so on, cannonball injury yeah so that's what the blunt
1: force trauma to the face okay, blunt force
0: trauma leaving uh, like a cannonball injury to the to the head and basically it it, it was the force was such that it was enough to actually instantly kill the driver. Then the object um, uh, actually travelled in the vehicle, hit various areas in the vehicle before it actually launched itself out through the rear window, smashed through the rear rear window as well, and that was never found. That that seems to me like I think like how can something possibly do that? And a man-made yeah. object can't do that and they spent 400 police hours searching for the for the object now somebody somebody said oh well the driver could have stopped and picked up whatever it was um i don't believe that that happened because there was no indication that he had actually stopped um no. he hadn't seen him stop and and you know she would have i don't know um it just seems really quite weird and for for the the force uh, for the the object to have um the force to kill somebody um once it's passed through the window, because obviously it loses inertia. If an object actually hits your windscreen, the car windscreens are pretty hard. Yeah. And it takes quite a lot of force
1: to actually penetrate a car windscreen. Yep. Well, I mean, you, you you think straight away to, um, you know, shows like Mythbusters and that. and They're always sledgehammering sort of yeah. uh, the screens and things. And there is a bit of enough off enough to, enough to it. Enough. So that's going to have to. Are we thinking that the object um, is sharp, or is it, as you said, well, a way I, of cannonball impression, it, it, which leads odd. me to believe it wasn't?
0: Yeah, it's odd that you say that because basically there was um, a report at, um, uh, where one, one of the uh, there were several several um, authorities had looked at this um, uh, at at, to, at great length, and um, one of them. Uh, was saying that basically they said that um, just based on photographic evidence that the actual object was sharp, had a corner to it. But, yeah. um, that can't be. That can't be the case. I think mainly they're saying that because it penetrated, it could penetrate the car window, but the, the windscreen. Yeah. But um, it it it's con- that that contradicts the coroner's findings that it was actually uh, blunt force trauma to his face. Which caused what looked like possibly a cannonball injury. So it really contradicts that. Um, but now,
1: did are you aware? Um, after he, they're saying after he was struck with the object that was the fatal blow. Did he die later? What? Was no, the, what I think was he died pain? instantly because um, uh, he.
0: And it's hard to it's hard to actually like being a neuroscientist. It's hard for me to actually understand how he could have died instantly because even if he was hit in the head by this object, um, he, he died instantly. So how could that happen? If he, if he had a subarachnoid hemorrhage or a subdural hemorrhage, it takes a little while for that to develop. So what it is, what, what a subdural subarachnoid hemorrhage is, is that there's, there's um, uh, layers or coverings of your brain and that are yeah. similar to just a membrane. And what happens there is a lot of blood vessels that are in between those two membranes. And when you get hit in the head quite hard, um, uh, your your brain actually is a bit like jelly. So it will actually move, and it will it'll pull away at the the meninges, and it'll tear some blood vessels. But once those blood vessels, especially if they're arteries, once they're ruptured, the the blood pools up, and it actually pushes down on the brain. And squashes the brain, and what happens is that the, there's a there's a region called the medulla oblongata, and that's where your respiratory yeah. region is. So it takes a while, and then so what happens is that the brain squeezes down on the medulla, and it stops you from breathing eventually. But that takes a while to happen. But he was
1: killed instantly. So I, I'm. I'm sure. That that was her when she gave evidence. She said that he he died instantly. Is that correct? Um. Well. I don't know.
0: I don't know whether she said that, to be honest. But um, there is no indication from what she said in in her entire testimony that he actually then, like, she she took his foot off the accelerator. I know that because he still had his foot on the accelerator. So she took his foot off the accelerator and then I think she held onto the steering wheel and stopped the car. But after that, he didn't get out of the car. He didn't, like, she didn't um, uh, say anything about him uh you know um doing anything after the event. So I assume that he was killed instantly because there's no indication that she's saying that he um was um
1: uh you know like survived a minute or two after the event. So Yeah. Yeah I mean well that would be something you'd probably have to comb through the coroner's report yeah. anyway. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. But the, the the police So anyway back back to your lawyer yeah. who's who's um We've established he's had some interest in the 1978 Kokora UFO, yep. or has interest in, in in ufology. So he's come to you and said, "Look," and laid all the cards on the table. And you've said, "Um, you, you're going to pick up the ball and run with yep. it." Um, and your contention is that something from out of this world has has caused this.
0: Well, you know, it's hard hard for us to say that it it's 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 what I'm thinking. It would be an, an orb. You know, like um, what there's there's been many of instances where people have cited orbs, O R B O R B S orbs. And um sort of probe or sorry, you know, yeah, so well it, it could be some sort of probe. We don't sorry. know what they are, but um uh, there was there was such an orb found <laughs> once before. Um and it was quite weird. It was called the um uh, it was a sphere that was found um somewhere in the United States um after a bushfire that um uh, a young man had picked up in the 70s i think it happened where he was just um uh, 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 looking at um uh how uh, you know what what devastation the fire had done but he came across this yeah. spherical orb and he took it home and basically it started doing some very weird things when he took it home and he was playing his guitar and it started humming and then they used to put it on the coffee table and it defied gravity it'd go Uh, circling around the house on its own accord with no one touching it. Um, It was quite weird. And then, um, uh, you know, it it was eventually um, taken by um, an authority that had tried to test it. Um, I think it it wasn't NASA, but it was um, some other um, testing authority and basically they never got the org back. But, um, uh, yeah. (laughs) And but it was like you'll find instances in history where um, uh, you know people have, like have come across these things we, we don't know what they are. Um, there was also a, a, another report that I got um, from this guy who had a dash cam uh, in his car, and he uh, had a rear and a front one, and he was just driving yeah. along one day and he he um, went back through his film and the dash cam and the rear 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 um of the car was accidentally pushed up when he was cleaning the vehicle and he he saw he captured uh, a footage of an orb that was traveling through the clouds and it's very clear that actually you can see it punching a hole through the cloud and um, he's taken yeah. quite a bit of footage of this and I've I've also um shown a bit of footage um to At a seminar that I I once, uh, or I did last year in June, Um, but you know you get you get we've got footage of orbs, we've got um, people that have actually handled orbs, Uh, we've had also people um, who've experienced similar things. Like there was a a a policeman from the United States who in the seventies I think had um, uh, encountered a similar thing to what happened here, where he was traveling on the road and basically he saw a light down the road and he thought it was a semi coming towards him that had one light missing but um this thing had hit his car and it left some damage it damaged the windscreen and it bent the aerial in the opposite direction which is really quite weird um and it some very yeah. unusual damage to his vehicle and he was he was um knocked out for a couple of minutes and then re- regained consciousness um so that
1: his name is Val Johnson so um if you want to look up that anyone Yeah I I have I've actually read about him in the past. Yeah. Um was there any instance of missing time or anything Um
0: uh with Val with Val, yeah, yeah um I think he was just knocked out and um I I, oh, oh, I I to be honest I can't remember um I have to actually yeah look that house up again but
1: yeah. So, what what distinguishes uh, just for the an initiator? What distinguishes uh, an orb in, in ufology? What distinguishes an orb between you know a cigar shape, UFO, or a saucer shape, or what's the difference in size and capability? And, yeah. Um, and, and and you know. And uh, of...
0: um, well, I think I think they're they're not as big as um, that. Most of them that reported aren't as big as uh, you know like. Flying sources, you know that they're not forty-foot diameter. Yeah. Um, uh, most of the objects that people report are sort of like um, basketball-shaped, or maybe sometimes even smaller, sometimes bigger, um, but nothing, nothing that large. Um, and um, so usually they they're um, we don't know what they are, but we've you know we've, we've seen footage of them, we've seen people reporting them, um, people have reported them inside the house. Um, which is really weird. We I lo- I went back into the um, into our records and in New Zealand records and tried to find this is the Mufon records and tried to find whether anyone had seen an orb around about the time that this incident occurred and there were there were a few quite, there were quite a few and it was quite interesting how um, uh, in the, in the same
1: area Roger yeah, or it, uh, are well.
0: There it's was okay. one where um in the Marlborough region, so I don't know what that is. Yep.
1: Uh so a mother Well it's, it's not a million. Yeah,
0: so right this is June two thousand sorry, um June twelfth, two thousand thirteen, uh, a mother saw an orb in her son's bedroom whilst putting him to sleep. So that was in the Marlborough region. That was uh, a little bit before the event, which happened on October twenty fourth, yep. on August eleventh, two thousand thirteen in um near Wellington. I think it's it's P-E-T-O-N-E, Petone, is that right?
1: Oh, Petone. Petone. Yeah. So Petone. there was. Yeah, yeah. It's the outer sun. Yeah. So of, yeah. They, uh,
0: there was a uh, a witness that saw white orbs, um, in formation over the water, and one disappeared after pulsing. And then in, in August thirteenth, a few days later, um, in Wellington, multiple witnesses saw two pulsing white orange orbs, and they observed executing impossible maneuvers. And then just a couple of days before this event. Um, uh, in is it Blenheim? Uh, Blenheim. 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 Um, there was yeah. a bright white orb that was seen by witness, uh, undergoing erratic movements. Is that is Blenheim far away from uh, is it what? Uh,
1: from Wanaka, yeah. Is it? No, I mean, they're both in the South Island. They're, um, I mean, there is, as I said, they're not a million yeah. miles away, but there are uh, there's there's a a decent amount of distance. Blenheim's to- more towards yeah. the top of the South Island. is uh, sort of, uh, more to the, yeah. Southwest. so within, you know,
0: like a few months, like there's one, two, three, four sightings. Um,
1: that yeah. is strange, particularly the one in the, yeah, bedroom. the one in the bedrooms. Weird. Yeah. I mean, what? that's crazy Do they? Um, sorry, just to interrupt you. Do they vary in size? The orbs. Um, I'm just trying to relate it back to the recent footage that I've been taking. And, uh, I've seen some really strange things yeah. in the sky in New Zealand recently. Aside from the SpaceX stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I had this strange kind of glowing thing that was just sitting in the sky for a long time, flickered a few times and disappeared. Right. Um it's so uh, what I'm wondering is is has there been discrepancies in size between the Um reported. To be honest, I haven't
0: really researched it that much. Um I I, I don't think that they're very big. Yeah. Um uh the one that the, the guy had um taken footage of with his dash cam, we sort of, like, estimated that because um, we we know that the clouds that um, he was taking the photograph, the, the video of, um, were about 2,000 feet up. And so this thing would have been the size of a, of a motor vehicle. So um, that, that would have been a, quite a large orb, um, which is unusual, um, because only because it was, like, you could see it in the cloud and you could see it, like, punching a hole through the cloud that. It had to be a, a decent size because, um, you know, he videoed it and you could definitely see it from 2,000
1: feet, you know. And obviously it was something tangible if it was smashing holes. In oh, the yeah. So. I mean, this was this was quite a large object. So um,
0: that that object would have been – and I, I, I did um, freeze frames of that video, sent it to the United States, and um, Rob Spearing, um, who was – he's on – You'll see him commenting on History Channel and uh, a few other, um, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. the yeah, he familiar, he looked I mean, at yeah. this video and he he couldn't work out what it was, and he says it's definitely not anything man-made or or a natural phenomenon. And um, we sort of, like guess, yeah. that it to be about the size of a, of a, car, of a car, you know, like a motor vehicle, um, because it's so high yeah. up, and you could definitely see a yeah. round object. But I've I took free, uh, still frames of the video and and magnified them several hundred times, and it's 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 just a perfectly spherical um, object which is just emanating light. You can't see an edge to it, but it's it, it's really weird. Yeah. And um, it they travel at incredible speeds. Like this thing was just oh, it was just tearing along like you wouldn't believe. Um, I, I don't know whether we estimated the speed, but it was just.
1: Like really, you know, like tearing along, I don't, it just, you know. and that—that's a characteristic. Because again, I'm just tying it back. I'm trying to make sense of what I've been seeing recently. I've seen a couple of times now. Um, they do they seem under intelligent control. Um, I, you know, they uh, this thing
0: does because um, it 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 seems to sort of like some of some of the times they they do really erratic movements, and that we I don't know why.
1: Yeah, that's what yeah i, I don't saw, know yeah. why
0: they do them what's the purpose of doing an erratic movement um is it oh, i don't know um and that's that's why I can't understand like if it's intelligently controlled um <clears throat> what's the purpose of why it's, why it's yeah, so jerky, yeah. and um yeah, yeah but it's it, it's hard to say because if they're intelligently controlled because um sometimes they sort of like do hide behind clouds and and then appear and then, you know, like just tear off, you know, uh, to, to one direction.
1: But um... sounds a little bit, um, do you remember that video on YouTube from about 2011, I think, and it was in London um, and there's sort of a, a group of sort of three or four of them up in the sky and it, it looks pretty genuine, the video, in terms of the reaction of people around and all that sort of stuff. So if it was, if it was a hoax, it's a pretty good one. Um, but they they see that seems to be exactly what you're describing yeah. there. Just the movements, you know, were yeah. intelligent, but they yeah. almost unintelligible the way they were jerking around, like why why they needed to do that. And so, yeah, forth.
0: you couldn't really, um, yeah, you couldn't, really, yeah, couldn't, you couldn't really put it down to anything that was
1: man made
0: or anything that was a natural phenomenon. Yeah. Um, and certainly not a meteorite because the, I mean, meteorites don't go up, you know, they fall down. Um,
1: this, this thing, yeah. yeah, I mean, well, that was. Yeah, I mean that was one of the things with this, this case um, in Wanaka, wasn't it? Because it's been floated that uh, debris from space or uh, meteorites, you know, could be the blame as well. But just the velocity and the force that would be required for an object yeah, to but smash I, I think through that also, basically two windows. Under yeah, but also space, what's right? unusual is that how uh, if you did
0: physics of it, like it, it, it it's coming. In, yeah,
1: the angle. Yeah, are wrong but it's well. coming through the
0: windscreen, right? Hitting him, killing him instantly. Yeah then it must slow down. So it must have slowed down when it before it hit him because it would have decapitated him um, at the speed. Yeah. Like if it maintained its inertia, it would have decapitated him and just went straight through the window. But it didn't do that. It hit him. It must have slowed down after hitting the windscreen. Hit him and gone around the bit because um, uh, they found areas in the car where it had done some damage so whether it ricocheted off the floor and went back onto the wind uh, sorry into the roof and then went through the the rear windscreen How how can something do that it's just ridiculous yeah you know even if it was a meteorite it wouldn't
1: do that was there any um the coroner's report did it mention any measurements in terms of the size of the uh wound it was eight like centimeters the in was... diameter. So,
0: this is the coroner saying it was eight yeah. centimeters in, in diameter, and it sort of like roughly corresponded to uh, the hole in the. It was a ho- like a round hole that was. We, 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 like they've got pictures of the vehicle, but that's after they've taken the windscreens out, both the left and the right. Sorry, the rear and the front. Sorry, the rear and the front windscreen. Nope. And also, um, we got told that the US Army was involved. Uh Otago University was involved, and there was um a few a couple of other uh institutions that were
1: involved trying to work out what the hell went on, you know, what how did it happen, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think the um I think the expert witness was someone from uh the US military some capacity in terms of um I don't know what do you call it, sort of defence forensic kind of testing and that sort of stuff. Um, someone like yep. that was involved um, because they, the New Zealand military or police just obviously didn't have the capability. No, so um, the Defence Technology Agency in New Zealand was dealt involved.
0: With. The Institute of Environmental Science and Research in Auckland was involved. The US Army was involved and the Otago University was involved. So, I mean, if, if it was simply something that went through a windscreen, why did, you have, why did they have four very specialised... Um, institutions looking at this you know like i mean there was something i don't think it was a drone um i i just really don't think it's a drone um basically a drone wouldn't survive that i mean if if it was a military drone i don't think it would even behave the way it did and it just would be too small for a military drone Um, uh military drones are pretty damn big you know and
1: they the things that go in the water they they come out of the water they go in the air they do all does yeah i mean does the fact that the u s military is involved did that pique your interest more or do you think it's just a you know it's it's just a coincidence I, I, I'm baffled as to how they got involved and why they got involved. I have no idea basically I suspect someone in the you know someone within the Crown prosecution and so forth.
0: They sort yeah, of
1: basically i i doubt there was any experts yeah. who could do it yeah well
0: they yeah. the thing is that the coroner came to a, a blank like they couldn't work out they did a lot of the crash investigation team just could not work it out and so um the the family were left at, um at odds just to find out like they they had no closure because they couldn't work out what the hell went on um and i think yeah. that's that's a tragedy because, um, but none of the information has come out, and um, we tried to, um, you know, uh, we tried to get the files uh, through the uh, police commissioner, and we came, They, they sort of like stonewalled us. Um, as well. Yeah. Is that right? So we we tried to put a, a freedom of information um, in through to get the actual files. Yeah. Apparently, the file for the whole case is a foot. Foot, one like about 30 centimeters tall of paperwork.
1: Yeah, so of paperwork.
0: Right. So basically, um, uh, the police were saying that um, it would take them forever to go through the paperwork and, and delete all the names and everything. And but the names are already published in the media. So we said, look, the names have already been published in the media. Um, uh, we're happy for you to delete them or whatever. But um, then they consulted the family, and the family, so like, didn't want to. Um, for us to go through the actual um, information. So, and I don't know why. Um, they didn't publish anything in social media about the incident, which I thought was really
1: strange. Um, and maybe it's, I mean, maybe I'm just speculating here, but maybe they thought that anything, and if the coroner returned an open verdict, that anything aside from that would be, well, speculation um from from that point on and maybe they just wanted the whole thing sort of I think so. up. Or obviously they didn't obviously they didn't get the um answers they were looking for but maybe they just reached that point where they were like look now there's a ufo interest group yeah that sort of you know want to take a look at this sort of thing and maybe they were just passed it by right. that point i think it could, could be, be it. um i don't know um either that or they could could be under um
0: i know not to um uh, Say anything about the incident, so that could be
1: another well they could have had a vi- they could have had a visit from our friends oh, that, Black, that, uh, all we know, that could so. be true we can't prove that, but um
0: if they do exist um they yeah. could have had a visit yeah they could have been uh you know silenced um about the whole thing uh, just that's uh, so unusual though um that they didn't mention anything on social media uh, it's very strange'. Is
1: it- has there ever been uh, any similar incidents offshore uh, where there were where, where, where an object had penetrated, where there's been an interaction with an unknown um,
0: object? Like that. No, I can only refer to that one incident in with Val Johnson in America, where um, you know he had something very, very similar happen to him, um, not to the extent where it penetrated the windscreen, yeah. but it was a similar object, um, and based on the pattern of of um, of um, uh, damage it did to the, the actual windscreen, there were some windscreen experts that had a look at it and they said it was probably a spherical object that, that collided with the windscreen and and had um, but they were, they were very puzzled about
1: um, the the damage that it did to the area and a few other things in terms of um, your stock standard UFO sort of reports. Um, is, is there growth within the um reporting of um these sort of objects, or are they a new phenomenon, or do they date back sort of as, as far as the phenomenon has been recorded um, i um I, I haven't done any special research
0: on enormous in, in um, but i I know that um, people have been reporting them uh, uh, quite consistently um and as, when I joined roof um uh, I think that when I was looking through the the move on um, CMS or the case management system, there were, there were quite a few reports of orbs, and we do have statistics that we that are published by the United States um, about how many sightings um, there have been in different countries, and they actually break it down into whether that people have seen triangle, you know, like a, a triangle or uh, 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 an orb yeah. or a a cigar shaped UFO or in a, a, like a, a, a classic saucer shaped UFO, and um, mm. I haven't actually gone through those statistics, but it'd be interesting to see how many people have seen orbs that they're, they're pretty consistent with people. That they're, there's they're something that people see a lot of,
1: you know. Um, yeah, I think obviously with the advent of uh personal use of drones and stuff, a lot of the explain stuff probably um, you know is accounted for in terms of drones and orbs and that sort of stuff but that's why I was asking sort of about the um, recency of the reports and so forth you know have they been reported before drones
0: absolutely they've been reported before drones have been around definitely Um, and I don't know whether there's been an increase now that they've had drones I I you know, like I can imagine that some people could, you know, uh, mistake a, a a drone for an orb, um, uh, you know, like I don't know whether they uh, you know, like I mean, what I don't know many people that actually fly drones during the night because um, there's a chance of, um, you know, losing it, uh, but, you know, I can imagine that, you know, some people will want to, you know, stir up some trouble and, you know, have lights and, you know, make.
1: And, and also a drone doesn't account for the, the first size. Oh, absolutely, ball, so yeah. The, a drone will not screen, cause that it? damage. Um, you're looking at it, something that's a solid object no.
0: probably, you know, like that, that has considerable weight as well um, and um, something yep. that's fairly uniformly spherical um, to have caused that sort of damage and it, was, it must have been travelling at, you know, fairly good speed and it, it intelligently controlled because it was trying to work way out of the car work its way out of the car, but then again you like think, well, how did it crash into the yeah. car and if it was intelligent um what what made it you know smash into the car <laughs> yeah. um I don't know <laughs> yeah. you know like I, I, I there is a theory, so two of my two of the researchers so I had a, a, one researcher that said, well, it could have been chasing the um the huge that's what's that why it was swerving on the road and then it would have may maybe gone off its trajectory and hit the, the windscreen of the, the other car. And uh, uh, one of the researchers was saying that um, that's probably, what, that could have been the reason why uh, the utility driver was uh, never found because he didn't want to, um, you know, like say that, oh, you know, I was being chased by a UFO or, or um, the other thing is that he um, could have been tracked down, but, Silence
1: because um, of the story that he gave. So you know, I don't. So the the girlfriend the girlfriend of R H yeah. um, in the car, she just gave the information. The last car she saw was a beige sort of utility. Well, she, said um, she said it was white vehicle, but yeah, but so she the said that the object was white. beige in colour, and she said it was yeah, and the object was beige in colour. I'm just wondering, though, if something hits you with that sort of force, how well, good your recollection is going to be. I mean,
0: shock the thing around. is that um if it was travelling at um, the speed that it would have had to have, to have caused that much damage, I don't know how she could have seen it at all, to be honest. Um, it would have been just instantaneous.
1: Um, yeah. Well, uh, another strange twist, I was doing a bit of research, and the even though the hole in the windscreen yeah. was fist-sized, um, she actually first her first report was, that it was right. about the size of a okay. shoebox. Sorry, a t- yeah, a tissue box. That's right. It? Yeah, it was yeah, bigger than a fist anyway. Um, so that seems to have changed a lot. Because what did you say it was? Yeah, uh, well, the whole uh, in the was about, was eight, about centimeters, eight centimeters. So um, you're,
0: you're looking at yeah. something that's a, like a decent-sized sphere, but it's it's not the size of a, a, a well, a shoebox. I don't think. Um, just looking at my tissue box. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, it could
1: be. I don't know. Um, But <laughs> she's not saying it was the shape of a tissue box or anything like that. The size. No, she's just saying the so, But I mean, that sounds like something that's kind of been planted in her mind. Like perhaps she was, you know, sitting with the police and there was a yeah. box of tissues on the desk, and they yeah. said, "Was it about the exactly, You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, I leading think questions to her It's own, difficult to you know, like but, in
0: a situation like that to recall everything because there's a lot of trauma, like she probably would have had post-traumatic stress or something like that as well. And it's so hard to recall everything in great detail, yeah. especially if it happened within an instant, you know, like it's um you know, it's really, really hard.
1: Even though she wasn't, you know, part of the yeah. whole thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean it's a it's a very it's one of the most interesting cases I think I've actually yeah, um, ever it's read very about. Um, they never found the What office, what stage you know? did you get to with your invest? Yeah, well that's that's the most fascinating. I mean, in terms of what stage did you get to with your investigation, you were kind of stymied by the police sort of saying we'd have to would have to black the whole thing out and we'll sort of carry on. Um and is that where you left it? Is this the first time you sort of brought it up in recent times, or have you have you asked for other expert opinions? It's still open in the The thing is
0: that uh, the, the lawyers contacted me yep. again recently, a couple of weeks ago, and he says, um, should we forge ahead with this? And I said, well, why not? You know, let's just... So he's actually, I think, uh, I'm not quite sure what step he's going to take, but I think he's going to um, write a letter to the ombudsman to say that um, we've been stonewalled by the police. Um and we we ne- we want to investigate this this case. and we want to uh, by investigating the case, we, you know we could we could possibly find a, a solution as to what had happened. Um, I think they'd be surprised if we said it was a UFO yeah. <laughs> but um you know, like uh, we we could eliminate a few things, you know, like if fair enough, it, if it isn't a UFO, well, then we could probably yeah. come to the conclusion that it was in that you know like a, an object which was man-made, but I mean, they, they. I don't know why they keep on stonewalling us, and basically they're saying it's because
1: of us Well, it's, I think a lot of it. I mean, a lot of it as well. Come, it's a pride thing as well. You know, yeah. Someone with the fresh eyes comes and looks at a at a case, um, and then works things out. You know, then they got egg on their face. You know, it's embarrassing for for the powers. But of, also, the maybe that so that's, that's got government. something to do with it. Okay. Maybe it's completely unrelated.
0: Oh, sorry. Um, sorry, uh, I just said there might be something in those files that they don't want us to see. I don't know. Um, maybe there's something that's classified. I don't
1: know. Um. Mm. Well, I think the best thing to do is keep yeah, keep pushing forward with the um freedom of information and all that sort of requests. Um, and just just work them a little bit yeah. harder and, and get you know. Try and get a bit of your yeah. support behind you. I know, I, I know someone who could oh, okay. help. <laughs> and um, so, well, yeah, yeah I'm I'm I think just, he's, you know, uh,
0: the his, the lawyer is going to speak to the police commissioner again because um, he said he did him a favour recently, so he's going to have to. <laughs> so yeah, um, we'll <laughs> see what play. happens. But um, this has been going on for quite some time. This case, and um, yeah, I mean yeah. it's been really nice. Yeah, yeah, it nice our hands yeah. on. So we could actually go through um, exactly what happened because um, it, it's not clear, and, the, and the, the vehicle was actually destroyed by the US Army. So I don't know. Yeah, so there's no more oh, evidence right. in ter- physical evidence in terms of us being able to actually go back to the vehicle um, and, and look at the actual damage. Where, um, the, uh, whereas in, in the United States, with Val um, Johnson's vehicle, um, they've actually made a, a museum around it. So the vehicle's, the vehicle's still there with all the damage. Yeah, the vehicle's it's still very there American, with all the damage. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, he's just now. And um, yeah. And, uh, um, what state was it in? Oh, <laughs> you got me there. Um, I, I, I'd have to, yeah. Uh, no. I'm yeah. sure our listeners
1: can know. If they look at Val up, Johnson UFO like incident, they Yeah. Val Johnson. Well, Excellent. And just while we've still got you there, um, what's the what's the trend of sightings at the moment in the Australasian region? Is there any hot spots that we should uh, know about? Well um, uh,
0: it, it's you know, I, don't, I don't know whether there's any hot spots. Um, uh, basically um, we're we're not getting as many reports or uh, I'm uh, we're, we're sort of like uh, we're slowing down a bit. Um, I think people because they're being, you know, they're not going out that often now, um, because of these lockdown situation. Um, uh, not, we haven't got lockdown, but I mean, because of the COVID uh, COVID CO, uh, nineteen uh, stuff, um, basically, um, people are, are staying indoors more often. I suppose, and when we're, we're not getting that many reports, but uh, just recently, but um, over, uh, I suppose, over the year, um, yeah, I, I really can't say that. Um, any- what
1: what sort of pe- what sort of person sends you the UFO reports? Do they do they tend to be older people? Because I'm assuming younger people are going to throw that sort of thing well, up on YouTube first of all. Um, now we, we, we get older people. a broad that, range uh, of people, and, and an um, they um, some can
0: yeah. be even like quite quite young, um, uh, and they get their parents to you know report it. Um, we've had kids as young as nine, you know, what a, a UFO report, and we get people. Oh, really? The elderly people are usually ones that have had a UFO report, a historical one, where in the nineteen sixties or something like that, when they saw a UFO, or you know, and they they saw like just reporting it now because they're saying, oh, I want to report this thing that I saw in the you know in the eighties or something like that. And, um, you, you get a you get quite a, a broad range of people uh, from different. Um, uh, Occupations as well as age groups. Um, there's no specific, so like, there's no I haven't really done the stats on it, but um, for just by looking at what I'd received, I and mean, it, it's not restricted to any particular age group or, or profession. It doesn't I don't to be think so, but I mean, i have to do the stats t- on it to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. and then they have to go, you yeah, have to go, it's yeah. painstaking, so yeah. you've got to go through each report and then and then. Well, you've got plenty
1: of time on your hands now, Roger. Yeah, I know.
0: But uh, so being a teacher, I've got to now, um, yeah, remotely contact my students through Adobe Connect. And so um, it's going to take less time, but still, you know, like you're not upfront lecturing or anything like that. But, yeah, I suppose I could. Unfortunately, the CMS or our database doesn't allow you to actually put a keyword in it. It can't search for those things. So you've got to actually manually go through things. Um, and each case, and then find out because we tried to do that recently. With um, a recent one of my investigators said, um, Can I search for wrinkled gray aliens? And I said, Well, I, I can't because I i can't put that keyword in. It's not going to sort out the reports that have got that in, but it'd be nice to actually have a, have a database like that. But we, we don't have anything that sophisticated, so yeah, because it's all. Is
1: it still a bit manual, is it? Is
0: it uh, no, it's it, it, like it, it goes, our, our CMS database goes back to, to 2000, the year 2000, so it's, it's 20, 20 years old. Okay. Um, but anything before that would have been, um, yeah. i do not not quite sure how they reported reports before that. Um, it, they could have been hard copy reports and um, our reports go way back to 1969 um, and even before that, when APRO was around, um, we, we were, uh, you know, uh, MUFON came out of APRO, so APRO. Um, what, about, what did APRO stand? Aerial Phenomenon Research Organisation. Um, I used to be a member of that many, many, okay. many years ago as a young guy. And um, basically, um, MUFON started when uh, Project Blue Book was closed um, in 1969, so um, that's how we um, we yeah. formed. Um, I, I didn't know anything about MUFON in those days. I was a little kid anyway. So basically, um, uh, you know, like APRO was, um, was was formed after that as well. And then um, uh, a lot of their reports, um, I think, um, was sort of like a part of MUFON as well. But, yeah, I'm not quite sure what we had before.
1: And a lot of them would have been pen and paper and that sort of stuff, so they've got lots. I'd say the so. You know, they I have, the have that single one series um, where they've got all that that
0: warehouse full of, um, you know, shoe boxes with. with <laughs> that's probably something. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I suppose it's a it's not a good system, but that's what people used to do. You know, they used to just file things that way. But um, yeah, we've got everything on the database now. We haven't got everything on the database. We've just got everything back to two thousand, but. Um, it'd be an absolutely enormous task to to put all of
1: that stuff onto a you know a digital database. So. Well, I'm sure there's someone will yeah. do it for you. Someone who loves cataloging an <laughs> ex-librarian. Yeah, unfortunately, not like enough money. That have to all be volunteers. No, but, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right, good speaking to Roger. Um, I think we'll call it a day, but we'll be back in touch because I'm, I'm really fascinated, as I said earlier, by uh, by this case, and I think it'll give me something to do over the next three weeks, of, three and a half weeks yep. or so of shut-in. Um, and I'll put my thinking cap on and see if we can't yeah. uh, get some sort of resolution to this. Yeah, we and I can like go through resolution. some more New Zealand cases as,
0: well. as well. I mean, I'm going to go through the database and me. We'll pick out some more yeah. interesting cases. And um, uh, I think you said you wanted to speak to the witnesses and something like that.
1: Uh, yeah. Well, that'd be good. Yeah, no that'd be worries. good. Get them Thanks, on the Jim. Show. Thanks for stopping by. Roger. Yeah, I'll catch you later. Bye bye. See you on the next one. Yeah. Bye, mate.